Hello and welcome to another episode of the City Students podcast and to another of our podcast chats where we're just taking a short while to chat to someone amazing, um, some wonderful who uh, we know and love and is connected to the student, young adult, Christian world in one way or another, um, who is just full of wisdom and uh, someone that, uh, yeah, it's great to hear from. And Tom Shaw is with us today. Hi, Tom. Hello, Sam. It's so good that you've joined us. I've got a big smile on my face. This is (laughs) is a real joy. Um, Tom is over in San Francisco, uh, leads Sanctuary Church, Sanctuary Church, um, (laughs) and uh, was part of City Church uh, here in Canterbury for, for many years. How many years was that, Tom? I was in Canterbury for almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. Wow. Um, So, yeah, this is a wonderful man who it's great to hear from. So, uh, Tom, just to add to to my introduction, especially for anybody who uh, hasn't hasn't met you yet and this is their first time, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, Yeah, so I'm married to Josie and I have three girls, Daisy, Lily and Poppy, and a dog called Beans and two guinea pigs. (laughs) And I'm sitting right now, as we speak, in our new house. Well, it's not new, it's old, but it's our, our house we moved to a few days ago in um, San Francisco. We live in an area called Portola, which is relatively near the airport. And um, yeah, we moved recently. We've been in the city now for exactly a year. A year. Great. And um, I guess I'd say right at the beginning. Uh, if there's nothing else anyone on this podcast hears, is this, is that I would never in a million years have, have thought I would be any good at church planting. And I, I have to say, humanly, there's many things stacked <laughs> against me doing well in this <laughs> You know, I get in a flap quite easily. I'm not very organized. I've got about three things I can do and you need like 50. <laughs> but by the grace of God, this first year has been overall just an absolute joy and um even through the covid weird time on sunday uh we had a zoom call with the church plant and we called it wins from the weird period and uh everyone was sharing all that's happened that's been positive in this strange time and actually it was a very moving time so the headline is we're a year in um and we're feeling part of the landscape here more and more Mm. And just getting to know people, both those who don't know Jesus in our neighborhoods and pastors in the city who have been here longer than us. And honestly, this incredibly relationally rich community that is sort of coming as a gift of the Holy Spirit as people are drawn in. It's been such a great time. With your history and connection with us as a city, um, it'd be remiss of me not to give you a chance to just kind of update us as, as a as a church. A few mm. a few highlights, a few snippets, especially with the family, um, just yeah. generally um, just updating us as, as to how you're all doing. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the kids, we've, God led us to get the kids into a really great school. Schooling, you know, if you're a parent and you're going to a new city is right up there as a top priority. And um, it was a long process because we arrived very late in the year. Um, like where we're going to put them. And in the end, they've, they've gone to a great school. It's called Donum Day, which is Latin for gift of God. So it's actually a classical mm-hmm. Christian school. Um, and the I've ended up being on the board of the school, which is a huge uh, 
real privilege. And the school was sort of mushrooming and growing at a huge rate. And um, yeah, so that's been a big part of our story year one. Um, and even with all of COVID, none of the kids have missed a single day of school. The school pivoted to kind of online school literally the next day. So Poppy, my youngest, has been in classes from 7.50 in the morning to wow. the afternoon, you know, five days a week. So so school has been a big win. Um, Josie and I um, have, um, I think the year has overall been a great year. I mean, there's been challenges, um, which we always want to include, you know, not hide from. You know, I think Josie and myself have always battled little bits with emotional health and mental illness at times and just just things coming in and um, mm. darkness and at times, you know, anxiety or depression. But God really has been faithful. And I think what we've learned and discovered is, is that most people secretly do have their version of that and mm. they don't often feel safe enough to admit it. So with our name being Sanctuary as a church, we've endeavoured to model being um, faithful but also honest about some of the tough times. And I think what that's meant is our community, I think, has an amazing sense of um, just openness, I, I guess a lack of religiosity, um, but a deep faith in God. In fact, I'm trying to remember, one one member said, low hype, high faith, was the way she put it. And I love that. Wonderful. Um, let's, let's dive into the student university world. Um, as that's been a huge part of ministry for you. Um, you describe it as, as a calling and that you feel to, to that as a demographic and as, um, you know, been a big defining part of, of your ministry, particularly, uh, I remember here in Canterbury with the student work here and with Mobilize, which is a student young adults conference for new frontiers in the UK. Um, but let's let's go even further back, Tom. Yeah. Let's go back to to your university years. Um, yeah. What were you like as a student, <laughs> and uh, what was your relationship with Jesus like during your university years? Well, I, I came to university in Canterbury as an atheist. Um, I didn't believe in God. I'd grown up around the Christian faith. I respected my parents who believed, but I definitely didn't believe. And I came to faith very unexpectedly at the end of my first year. And it was nothing. I passionately believe in using your brain, your mind, which I'll get onto in a moment. But I have to fundamentally say the way I describe it was an ambush of the Holy Spirit. And so that's uh, helped, it's led me to be, to have a high view of God's sovereignty and that God is ultimately the king. And although we are responsible, we have to grapple with those two <clears throat> apparent tensions. At the same time, I just it, God came to me outside a bar as I was chatting to a Christian girl, and she just said, "I've been praying." Three words that kind of entered my being, and I couldn't get rid of. And several months later, after wrestling with the sort of the things, you know, the facts of Christianity that I was aware of, mm. cerebrally, somehow they were going into my heart, and I became a Christian that summer. And then I think the first sort of the next two years of you know my second and third year as a as a young Christian, I think um, I had some measures of. So I went to church on Sundays. I went to small group and everything. I would say I can't remember exactly when, but there was a, those early days. 
the missing ingredient was something I'm very passionate about now, which I would say is like discipleship. And when I say that, I simply mean particularly the one-on-one, life-on-life, sort of unflashy, but incredibly important, um, regular time with another person who's a bit further ahead than you. I think that that wasn't particularly present when I was a young Christian, if I'm honest. Mm. And so I struggled. Mm. I struggled to have integrity. I always tended to be one thing privately and another thing at church. Mm. When older men, who on paper were very different to me, but loved Jesus, when they started to just help me to, just to do the basics, as it were, read the Bible, pray, repent, you know, um, give, etc. When they started to draw alongside me in my student accommodation, the blessing they would come in and, you know, these are like head teachers and doctors and stuff. That was the thing that really changed it. And if anyone listening to this is in that category where you're not particularly connected in intentionally with someone who you've given permission to encourage you and challenge you, I would so recommend that as I think Jesus modeled that. And it is for me, I, I would almost go as far as to say it's the biggest thing humanly that changes people is that life on life deal. More, although I love preaching and I love big events, there's something about that that changed my life. And I would wholeheartedly underline that as an important thing at university. Mm, getting knitted in to a local church, finding someone that you connect to. Sometimes that can feel like such a challenge because... Yeah. You, you might struggle to feel that genuine connection. Are there any further kind of um, bits of advice, wisdom, maybe even like challenge to to our students listening about that kind of decision to get stuck in and that decision to go after a discipler? And also like, how do you do it? How do you find that person who mm-hmm. t- to disciple you? I mean, uh- so the first part of your question, I'd say, well, if you think, what is the opposite? What is the opposite? What's the alternative? The alternative is you probably, if you don't pour yourself into a local church, you will get that that sense in your mouth at the end of your time of of just having wasted it and just yeah. being. I mean, the amount of times I've had, I remember being in Canterbury and talking to a third year who would come in and they'd be like, "Oh, I wish I got really stuck in the first or second year." And, you know, by that point, it's not too late. But I just would say, don't let that be said about you. I think with regards to the part of your question about how you actually do it, don't be a perfectionist waiting for some super-duper mega-apostle who's going to hear box. <laughs> Is there a man or a woman who, I would say, be specific, they can specifically help you in an area or two? You know, it may be there's something in their prayer life, or in their passion for Jesus, or in their love for the lost. Be specific. Um, And then I would just say, you know, approach that person. You know, I would love it if you would consider drawing alongside me for a season. I always put a season, you know, let's review it in six months. And I would also say, listen, I'm going to be, for example, at prayer meetings and other things, and I'd love you to be there, part of my discipleship with you. Is that, um, is that we go to things together. Mm. And I would also always emphasize character more than gift. I would, emphasize, I would say, let's focus on your character most, but let's have some fun with the spirit and the gifts mm. as well. 
let's if you don't speak in tongues let's let's talk about that let's ask the holy spirit for that gift or if you don't prophesy or if you've never seen someone healed you know i talk about being greedy for gifts and i think our father loves a hungry child he's like hey dad i want all that you've got for me but those would be a few things that i would just i would still even in fact even a few weeks ago with the church plant here i went through a similar list saying hey i'd love us all to be drawn alongside each other and all those who will be coming in here's some specific ways i've tended to um look to establish a discipleship framework great um i think just as a final thing tom um is to think about throughout university years there's lots of transition and change um, and there'll be a point where you're deciding where to go to next. Maybe there's a, a year abroad or um, you come to the end of your studies and you, and you graduate. And church planting is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is that, I guess, a greater opportunity before maybe getting stuck into career and potential marriage and family, those kind of things. There is a, um, a, a slighter ease towards going going somewhere um, and joining a church plant. But I sense that sometimes students can overthink, oh, if I only go for a year, if I only go for a term, then is that, you know, is that valuable to church plants? Um, and uh, you, you said to me that there's, there's some students uh, connecting with you as sanctuary. So maybe just kind of enthuse about the, the you know, students getting stuck in with church plants, mm-hmm. your experience of that so far and, and why, students especially when they come to the end of their studies should um, perhaps look at um, going somewhere where there is a church plant yeah I think I think a church in my view needs to have every local church needs to have a global perspective I think that's biblical I think that's New Testament is that Paul wanted churches to have not just a local perspective but a, a global perspective and so the reason I mention that is because I think that frees all churches not to think that sort of real loyalty equals longevity. That's not that no one can decide how long Jesus wants us to stay anywhere. Hmm. So I think um, I would just free students up from the lie that only if they're there for a year, uh, it's not worth really getting stuck in or, or viewing their time at a church plant as uh, important. I think, you know, basically, um, think universities tend to be in cities that are transient. That's the nature of the beast. Canterbury's transient. San Francisco's transient. So you, as a pastor in a city like this, you just have to be relaxed about people coming and people going. And send them when they do go with a big excited vision not like oh you're leaving you're only here for a year uh, it's been no 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 we had betty and betty came for a year and she dived into the church plant and now she's going to to do her next stage of life in hong kong or in malaysia or you know in london but we got to shape her a little bit and she's taking our dna with her when she goes and, and then you deliberately stay connected. And very practically, um, one thing I think, if a church every summer has like a global Sunday where they celebrate their sending capacity, not just their seating capacity, 
you are then you're building a culture in your local church where you're not feeling if you come just for a year, you're not feeling guilty for leaving after a year. You're feeling celebrated. And then when you go, you're still connected in as you, for example, might do a little video a year later once you've left back to be shown on that global Sunday. That's what we did in Canterbury. And it kind of, I think it just changes the culture where you can both celebrate people who are there long term, but also give dignity and um, vision for more short term people, you know, people who are there like students for a short period. And as a student, I would say this, if you've never been in a church plant, there is something about a church as it's birthing that is just so, so different and wonderful uh, compared with a more established church. You know, I mean, even if you think about a child from baby to toddler to, um, you know, to, to growing up, there's a beauty to each of those stages that is different to when it's 20 years old. And I think I've seen that firsthand in San Francisco. For example, if any students were like, hey, I could actually do a year in San Francisco, or I could, you know, my program, there's an exchange thing. We would love anyone to uh, to come out here for a season. I think it does something to you um, and to the church plant that is very, very healthy, even if it's only for a year or two. I've, um, yeah, experienced this over the last few years of the the transient nature like you say the the comings and goings and um i can think of many who have blessed us richly mm. um and it's just been for even just for a term we mm. can underestimate the impact um and the part of of how we we genuinely are mm. knitted into the body and play our part for, for that season um and also starting to see the fruit of um those who have gone um hearing stories back from them of uh, of how they're getting stuck in again to another local context. Anybody who has that chance to get out to San Francisco, do it. Um, get along to Sanctuary. Um, go be blessed, um, as as you have done with so many, Tom. Um, I'm I'm just one of one of many who uh, have had the joy of knowing you and being led by you, discipled by you, um, and and your heart genuine heart for students young adults seeing them come to know jesus and become more like him and enjoy that relationship and um, the mission of the kingdom mm. of, of jesus it's just been brilliant so um yeah as you can tell i'm a grateful man uh, for your time and uh, for this conversation and um yeah just really pray that this uh, this house move continues to go well we've we've caught some of the the sounds of of the the house <laughs> move in the background through our conversation Sorry. Um, that's okay that's okay we've been we've been able to hear your wonderful words um uh yeah thanks so much for your time oh, and uh, no, hopefully we'll chat again soon absolutely